You're listening to a Sales Culture Toddcast with Todd Cohen. Hi, everyone. It's Todd Cohen, and we are back for actually what is now my second Toddcast podcast. I, I can't resist. I mean, right, Scott? I mean, it's too easy. It's too easy not to say Toddcast podcast. That's teed up. Yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, I mean, really, you know, you, your name's Scott. You could say Scott Cast Podcast, but can you imagine somebody named like, you know, I don't know, somebody doesn't rhyme. It's, it's just it's kind of sucks for them. <laughs> so listen, um, everyone, I'm Todd Cohen. I'm a keynote speaker and author of the book, Everyone's in Sales, and my passion is about speaking about how everyone's in sales, building a sales culture. Today on my Toddcast, I have a wonderful guest and a good friend, Mr. Scott McGregor, who is now sitting in, you're in Connecticut this morning, Scott. I'm in Connecticut. I was in New York yesterday. I'm back in Connecticut. So listen, Scott and I met, I don't know, I think it was about four years ago. I was looking back through my notes this morning, and uh, we met at a uh, CIO conference in North Jersey, where I was keynoting on Everyone's in Sales, and you were there representing your company at the time. Is my memory right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you you twice uh, at different conferences and heard you speak and was uh, smitten like a kitten. Yeah, you're too too nice to me. And you know, to all my listeners, I have to say, this is a perfect example of resonating with somebody. The reality is now Scott and I have known each other for three or four years, and I think we've actually only been in each other's company like three or four times. Uh, We've referred each other business, and there's just a... There's a common uh, sense of trust and um, kinship here. Uh, you know, I think that's a fair way to put it, Scott. I totally agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're my go-to guy. Uh, so I always know if I pick up the phone and, and call, uh, you're going you're gonna to answer my call. Or well, I appreciate that. So now I have to tell you, Scott, I, I, you know, when I first met you, you were working for, I think it was Flowtech, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yep. And then you have, and you were running their uh, their global sales channel, if I'm not mistaken. I was. And then you said, enough is enough. Take us from there. Uh, so I'd always had a passion for making introductions. Um, and in my 17 years with Flowtech, I mean, it was a startup. So I was, you know, one of the first employees. We had no sales or marketing <laughs> department. They brought me in to do that. Um, we grew double digits every single year for 17 straight years. Super easy in the beginning, uh, super hard at the end. <laughs> it always is. The common denominator was I was always looking for great salespeople throughout the country. Yep. Um, so what do you try to do uh, when you're drinking from a fire hose every day? You try to outsource things that seem logical. Uh, so I was getting a ton of calls from recruiters, especially – 0708 when the economy sucked, but we were still growing like crazy. Yeah. And my experiences were terrible. So, you know, I'm having these poor experiences with recruiters or talent acquisition. Meanwhile, I'm getting calls all the time from people saying, Hey, I, I could use a new CMO. Do you know anybody for this or that? And I could always kind of connect the dots. So I was essentially doing the job of a recruiter. Um, And I thought it was a dysfunctional industry, wrote up a business plan uh, to solve those issues, sat on it for a long time because I didn't have the guts to jump off the cliff. Um, My wife was very encouraging for me to do that. Um, 
So three and a half years ago, started something new, uh, and it's been a game changer. So three years and ago. I, and I think, we need, I think we need to point out that you tried something new, but the name of the company is? Something new. Right. <laughs> so we, uh, we put the pressure on ourselves right from the beginning to be different. Um, when you name your company something new, you, uh, you can't rely on old tactics. Yeah, you know, and it's amazing from my perspective, Scott. I mean, I've watched you these past three and a half years, and it seems like you have just risen above the noise of so many other recruiting agencies. And, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I can't agree with you more, and I hear it from all, all of my clients as well. It's virtually impossible to find good salespeople right now. I mean, they're like, they're just, the good ones are and have continued to work. And the ones that maybe aren't so great, you know, nobody is, is winding up the door for them anyhow. Right. So let me just add, before we get into the other piece, which is this awesome book that you uh, spearheaded uh, called A Standing O, and that's really what we want to hear about today. I really want to give you this moment, you know, what sets you apart and how in the hell are we supposed to find great salespeople? Here's your opportunity. You know, to everybody out there who's listening, which right. might be all three people, by the way, who's listening going, you know, I, I can't find good salespeople. I can't find good executive presence. Yep. What, what do we do? I mean, I think it starts with having a very good process. Um, so the process is is important to stick to I, I think a lot of companies kind of wing it when it comes to talent acquisition that's a Manning, that's the truth that's a very dangerous way to to uh hire the most and and to take care of what's really the most important aspect of your business so yes, i think people. one applying a rock solid process and then scorecarding people and really evaluating what's most important um so I think a lot of people get very distracted by things that are not that relevant. So for instance, um, I'll use education. So do you want somebody with uh, a college degree? I would say that makes sense. But if that person went to Yale or Harvard, does that make them more likely to be successful in sales? No. Nope. The data is absolutely not. Nope. So, but oftentimes people get swayed by things that aren't that important and people don't really have a scorecarding system. So we developed the scorecarding system. We're kind of like the Billy Bean of recruiting. Uh, <laughs> Moneyball fame. Yeah. Uh, so we evaluate things like work ethic and resiliency uh, and empathy as things that are absolute must haves. And those sometimes don't show up in a job description. Um, or are undervalued. So we're really helping our clients to build a talent acquisition platform. Uh, and obviously we're finding them the talent. Uh, you know, and to your earlier question, how do you find these people? Um, we use an influencer network, which is very, very effective. Um, but I would also say one of my favorite categories is to find people that are underemployed. Oh, that's interesting. For whatever reason, um, they haven't just found the right opportunity, but they have the intangibles to be successful. Um, they're very resilient. They've got a great work ethic. Uh, they're smart. They're creative. They're coachable. They have empathy, but they could be a barista at Starbucks. Yep. Most people turn their nose up to, to, uh, to folks with, without a, a, a background that's kind of tailor-made for 
their position, but I think really understanding what it takes to be successful in a sales role is, is where you need to start. You know, it's interesting. You know, when you talk about underemployed, I mean, for me, that resonates uh, deeply because I still remember back in my days at Xerox. I mean, I started my career knocking on doors, selling copiers, yeah. and bike writers, and fax machines, and back in 19, a long time ago. We'll leave <laughs> And, uh, and I still remember early on, I asked to be involved in all the interviewing processes and I got to go on the interviews and I became one of the, you know, early first stage interviews for, uh, incoming as we called them group three or new business, uh, sales reps, also known as the lowest pond scum in the company. And we had to go knocking on the doors right. and do the hardest work nobody wanted to do. And I'll never forget one day I, inter I interviewed this one uh, young lady who came in and she, you know, she, it was interesting. She was very stiff and almost uncomfortable, never cracked a smile and was very intense. And because she didn't have sort of a jovial personality, nobody liked her. And there was something about her that just made me think. And I pushed uh, pretty hard. Ultimately, she got hired and she turned out to be in that division, the number one sales rep a couple years running and everybody was stunned and you talk about underemployed when she came to us Scott her big experience was she had her masters in operatic singing from Juilliard that was it yeah she had never been a feet on the street uh, salesperson ever and uh, you know I often look back at her and I think about what made her so successful and I thought if you can get yourself through Juilliard in that world yeah Selling copiers must have been a breeze for her. Uh, and Absolutely. and she, I mean, she never smiled. She wasn't particularly warm. She wasn't really the most approachable person in the world. She had this veneer around her. But man, could she close a deal. It was unbelievable. Yep. So those are the people that I'm talking about. And I had a similar situation with somebody uh, many, many moons ago when I took over my first sales team at Pitney Bowes and I, I let everybody go except for one person and hired what appeared to be kind of like a motley crew, but we <laughs> went from 38% of quota to the number one team in the country. Yeah, that's uh, great. And it was, it was just people with uh, a hunger and a desire to be successful. So, so so what would you say, Scott? I mean, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be a lot of people, you know, entrepreneurs like you and I, I mean, I started my business as a keynote speaker, you know, 11 years ago because I too was working for a big company and, you know, they left one day because honestly they said something that hurt my feelings, which was you're fired. And, yeah. and, and <laughs> you know, uh, actually I wasn't fired. I was strategically realigned out the door, but in any event, uh, you know, I was thrown into this and this was 2008, 2009. And frankly, there were no jobs to be had. So, you know, the economy has obviously changed. Employment is good. You know, people can find jobs. Uh, what has been your secret sauce to growing this business? I mean, so fast in three and a half years, it's like, it's like unheard of. I've, I've watched you every step of the way. If, if somebody's listening right now and saying, how did you do it? How would you sum it up? I think we've just really flipped the script. Um, you know, everything we do is long-term. Um, we also felt that there was a need for branding just in our space. There was, wasn't really a company that people readily identified with. Um, yep. A lot of what we do, I think, 
uh, may appear to be a little bit quirky, but it's kind of who we are. So at the core of, of the company is a very strong social mission. Yeah. Uh, we talk about that. It's funny. I had uh, one of the contributing authors from the book say, oh, it was nice to see you post something about your business um, because I'm used to seeing things about your social mission, which, you know, our team is very, very passionate about. That you are. That, okay, so, so this is a perfect segue, Scott. This is, this is ultimately the reason I wanted to do this interview because that's exactly what resonates with me. I mean, I know you're an awesome recruiter. I've worked with you. I've seen the results of your work. You and I are cut from the same cloth. It's just sort of like put it out there. And, yep. you know, not everybody wants to hear, you know, the ugliness. They want to hear what they want to hear. And the reality of it is you want to build a sales team. Sometimes you have to make the, the really tough, unpopular kind of moves. And that's why I think you and I get along. The thing I love and appreciate and respect the most is your social mission. That is what you reek. And that's, of course, a good thing, <laughs> you know, your yeah. social mission. So let's switch gears. Talk about the book and, sure. and what you're doing there. So I, well, we started the company with a very strong social mission. So we call our kind of that umbrella social mission piece of our business. We call yeah. it something good. Um, so under that are two charities that we support, Elevate New York and Keep On Playing. Uh, Elevate New York is run by Kevin Singleton, uh, absolutely amazing guy. Keep On Playing is run by Barney Schneider, uh, a, a dear friend and just absolutely incredible. But there's a lot of other things that we do uh, to give back in, in different ways. Um, but it all kind of falls under that um, umbrella of, of something good. Um, so I had an idea, and, and this was based on a couple different things. So I've, I've accumulated a very interesting, eclectic group of friends over the years, um, yourself included. Am I the interesting? Am I the interesting or the eclectic side? You're both. Oh. You're both. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's CEOs, it's entrepreneurs, it's athletes, it's Olympians, it's artists, it's yep. you know, authors. It's it's this this kind of crazy collection of awesome people that. You know, I started to think, boy, I get all this value and all this inspiration from these folks. How do I disseminate that to all the other people that don't have direct access to them? Yep. So I, I had a dumb idea that turned into, a, I think, a decent idea. So my idea was I wanted to do a podcast. I thought there were a lot of podcasts out there, but not a lot of short-form podcasts um, where they were short and digestible. So I thought, let me bring some of my friends on. We'll call it one tip. Um, they'll give one tip that, you know, has helped them in their career. And then we were going to take those and uh, essentially turn them into a book and then give all the proceeds to charity. What I realized is that I didn't have time to do a podcast. Um, doing it the right way, like you're doing it, uh, was not something that was probably in my wheelhouse. So I said, why don't we just go right to the book? Um, so we asked, uh, a bunch of great friends, yourself included, if they would write a chapter in the book, um, which we called standing O. So the, the purpose of the book was for people, uh, to recognize other folks who have yep. taught them life lessons and to give gratitude back to them. 
Um, because I think that's a game changer when you realize how many people have impacted your life. Big time. Uh, so I thought those stories would be fascinating, which they've turned out to be absolutely mind blowing. Um, and yours is is absolutely phenomenal. Well, you're 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 kind, but I'm sure it's it, true. It, yeah. So we were able to collect those, and then all of the proceeds um, for the sale of the book uh, go to charity. So the other thing that we thought was was interesting was because the 50 plus authors are very prominent, we've got well over a million social media followers for the 50 plus authors. Yeah, that's great. We could get the word out uh, about Elevate New York and keep on playing. So we wanted to shine a big spotlight on them um, and we wanted to raise money. So I think we're definitely gonna give them more awareness um, in the process of selling the book, which we think it's, it's in pre-sale right now, uh, but we think is doing very well. Um, and then hopefully raise money. You know, my fear is that we sell three books. Uh, no, well, well, I just, yeah. I mean, I just bought 20, so I can guarantee you're going to see. I, you're, I appreciate it. Yeah, you're 17 above your quota, so don't <laughs> worry about it. Um, so, yeah, so this is really important because, um, I mean, I love this concept. And, you know, I've written two books, and I have to tell you, the way you went about this is so much, uh, well, that's the older copy, but yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I gotta find the newer copy here somewhere. It sits, it sits behind me on my bookshelf every day. There you go, I love it. Everyone's in sales and stop apologizing and start selling. There's my self-plug. In any event, and I don't have your book to hold up because I know it's still in print, but I wanna tell everybody, you gotta get this book. I, I mean, I've read a few of the essays myself. I mean, um, and that's what I like about it. They're small digestible pieces, right? I mean, my uh, they're essays, really. And, you know, mine was, I think, only seven or 800 words. And, you know, who do I give my standing ovation to? It was no secret. It was my father. And I talk about him in my first book. And I, I refer to him in every keynote I give about, you know, how I learned to answer the question, what do you do? My father was a wedding photographer. And he had to sell himself all the time. And when people said to him, what do you do? He never said I'm a photographer. He always said, I make people smile. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's so perfect in its simplicity because it always got people to say, what do you do? Well, tell me more. What does that mean? Are you a clown? Are you, you yep. take pictures? I mean, it always promoted conversation. That's one of the workshops I do. And you know, it's, it's, and after I wrote that essay, Scott, I got to tell you, I thought of two or three other people that I, that I, if you ever do a follow-up, I mean, I know exactly who I would write about. And one of them, uh, what well, would be a dual essay. There were two gentlemen early on who really got me started, um, a fellow named Ed Sigwine and uh, Andy Civitano, both uh, in my LinkedIn, both CEOs of companies, yep. both who very early on saw something in me that said, you can help us do something here. And it wasn't just doing sales training. It wasn't, you know, just hiring people. It was really about the culture of our sales force. And that's where my whole thing came from. And I owe them I mean, I could never, ever, ever truly repay them for what they've done. So, you know, we all could think of so many people that we owe that standing ovation to, you know, for doing something brilliant for us. And uh, so tell us how we get the book. So right now you can go to Amazon. Uh, it's on pre-order. You can get a uh, soft cover. You can get a Kindle. Uh, we will have hardcover. 
Uh, we have a launch party on the 12th in New York City, which unfortunately Todd is tied up. I'm going to be speaking, yes. Across the country, so we will not be there. Um, but we think we're going to raise a lot of money at the event, so we're excited about that. Um, but just go on Amazon, type in either Scott McGregor, and it's M-A-C-G-R-E-G-O-R, not M-C. Uh, so I'm the Scottish version. <laughs> um, you can type in standing O, it should pop up, um, and it will be released, I believe it's next Wednesday. Good. Um, Good. So pre-order now, uh, and it just they just reduced the price which I was told by another friend of mine is actually a good thing. That means your book is really selling. Uh, <laughs> it intuitive to me. I thought that would sound like a bad thing. Uh, but uh, according to a good friend, she said that means that we're killing it. So Well, that's great. And I, I mean, I bought, tw- I, I bought 10. I'm going to do another 10. Now that the price is down, I'm going to do another 10. And, you know, I got to tell you, Scott, uh, you, you know, when I wrote my books, I mean, look, I was very realistic about them. Nobody's lining up you know, at seven in the morning to buy my book at Borders. My books are not in bookshops. They're Amazon or through my website. And I've always used them as a way to, you know, credentialize and build credibility around what I do. And what you're doing with the book is the same thing. You know, guys like us, we don't write books to make money. We write books to do good things, right? And in your case, it's all about social mission. It brings you good visibility. It brings everybody in the book visibility. And most importantly, it raises money for two insanely positive, good, go-forward uh, organizations. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting uh, both Marnie and uh, Kev- Kevin Singleton at one point uh, in the future. I just don't know when that's going to be. And um, so I would say to everybody out there, if you're debating between my book or Scott's book, go get Scott's <laughs> book. Uh, you, you'll like it a lot more, I'm sure. But uh, it's called A Standing O by Scott McGregor, and again, that's M-A-C, Gregor, Amazon, type it in, Google it. Scott, spell the name of your business for everybody and how they find you as well. So the business, and this gets a little confusing, so the business is something new. Uh, Our domain name, so to get to our website, it's Try Something New Now, and the reason why it's not something new is that's a dormant domain name uh, but they want fifty thousand dollars. I'm not spending fifty thousand dollars on a dormant domain name. So go to try something new now dot com, and you'll find out what makes us different uh, in the market. And if you're looking for great sales or marketing talent, from leaders to uh, entry level positions. Um, you know, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Yeah, I got to tell you, and I want to say to the world, you know, I've worked with Scott again, and I can I can attest to the fact that he really does come at this uh, in a very different way. I mean, your whole team, Scott, everybody who's worked with you guys has come back to me raving about professionalism and positivity. And yes, you really do it a little bit differently. So uh, you know that uh, I'm your number one uh, virtual sales team guy. And, uh, and, with, and with all the friends you know, um, and all the people you know, and that million dollar, the million Twitter base, whatever you just said, <laughs> you know, a million followers, uh, you know, you, you, you've done some great things. So I want to say thank you for being here today. I'm just launching uh, these podcasts, so this won't be the most professional looking, but it's all about the message. And, uh, and I would ask everybody to uh, seriously, please give the book a look. Uh, the money goes to a great cause. Uh, I'm going to be giving one to every single one of my current clients. 
uh, all two of them. No, I'm kidding. All, uh, you know, all, all of them, everybody I'm keynoting and workshopping for and a couple of my consulting clients because this is going to make a great gift because of the variety of the message. That's the way I see it. And it's completely egalitarian and it's all for good. And you know what? We got enough crap out in the world today that we got to deal with. It's just nice, Scott, you got something like this that is just purely positive. So yeah, thank you. Thank you know, it just it's refreshing because because we need it, man. We we need more positivity in the world. And I and I don't want to get on my soapbox, but we need more positivity. So so uh Scott, thank you. Anything else you want to add to my worldwide listening audience of four? No, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate your friendship, your support. Um, I have been a believer since the first time I saw you speak uh, and actually caused a lot of disruption in my old company. <laughs> very fired up uh, to, uh, to, to kind of uh, refocus us uh, internally and get everybody trying to drive towards a, a sales culture. Um, and you know, sometimes that ruffles some feathers, but it absolutely does. Um, absolutely so does. I'm a huge believer in your message, Thank um, you. your style of speaking. So not only is the content phenomenal, um, but you're just such an entertaining guy to watch. Well, you're uh, kind. So, uh, yeah. Anybody that doesn't have your book or hasn't seen you speak, uh, you know, they're missing out. Well, thank you. All right. So I appreciate that. Uh, it's good to be, uh, it's good to be with people where you have such good mutual respect. And, uh, so Scott McGregor of try something new now.com. Thank you for being, uh, with us. Uh, I urge everybody once again, get the book, a standing O by Scott McGregor. It's easy to find. And if you have trouble, just come find me and I'll point you in the right direction. I'm Todd Cohen, keynote speaker and author of the book, Everyone's in Sales, and my second book, Stop Apologizing and Start Selling, all about building a sales culture. Sales culture is the new sales training, and you can find me at Todd, T-O-D-D, Cohen, C-O-H-E-N.com. Not hard to find either. Scott, have a great day, and thank you, everybody, and we'll see you soon for my next Toddcast podcast with a guest yet to be determined. Take care, everybody. To hear more exciting Toddcasts or to book Todd live for your event, please visit toddcohen.com slash book dash Todd. That's toddcohen.com slash book dash Todd or call 866-515-9445.